Hello, and welcome to They Just Get It. My name is Tyler Chisholm, and I'm very excited to hear uh, with uh, be here with my guest today, Mr. Connor Curran. Hello, Connor. Hello. Thanks so much for having me. It is an absolute pleasure. So, Connor, you're the founder of Local Laundry, mm-hmm. and I don't want to. I won't even attempt to do it justice. So, give us a little bit. Tell our tell our audience what. Tell us about Local Laundry. Absolutely. Well, Local Laundry is a Canadian-based clothing company that aims to build community in everything that we do. And, and how we do that is is by our five pillars of community. We want to be the best clothing company that builds community, period. And we do that through our five pillars of community. One, donating 10% of our profits back to local charities. Two, by sharing stories from the community. Three, by collaborating with others that want to have a positive impact on the community like we do. Uh, four, by representing where you come from, whether it's your city or your country or, or anything like that. And five, by supporting Canadian-made uh, clothing and Canadian manufacturing in a diverse Canadian economy. So that's fantastic. Okay. So I'm curious, like that's, <laughs> a, so give me, is there any reference points out there? Who's your inspiration? Like, so is there anybody like this? Are you paving the way? Like what's, who are you, who are your, some of your sources of inspiration for this thing? Yeah. Great question. So we, we like to kind of draw from a few different businesses in terms of clothing. You know, we, we really want to build community use clothing as a vehicle to sort of build community. So we kind of look at a, a few different companies. One would kind of be, um, Probably the, our biggest and first influence would be Lululemon. Okay. If you kind of look at Lululemon, Lululemon has really taken a brand and really built a, a community around it, a, a community of like positive people doing positive things, and it really, really brought people together, which is really cool. We they they were one of the first companies that we actually worked with as as a oh company fantastic. Here. So you, yeah. okay, so you didn't just only you weren't only inspired by them, you kind of aligned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to work a lot with the Calgary. Uh, the Calgary Little Lemon stores, and they they were they actually helped us legitimize us, and and they got us. Um, they took us from being like a a side hobby, side hustle, okay, so, to, side hustle to, to a real business. They helped legitimize us big time, and 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 the thing that we took away was just how they were able to build community, and we thought that was that was so cool. Um, the other the other two companies, one would be uh, Canada Goose. Okay, Canada Goose is all about quality. It's a premium product, but they we just love how they just completely stuck to their guns and said, "No, we're making our stuff here in Canada." You know, we can make these jackets for a tenth of the price in China or wherever else, but no, we're gonna we're going to um, stick to our guns and only make it in Canada because because the quality is going to be there because it supports Canadian jobs, diverse Canadian economy. The jackets are being made adhering to Canadian labor standards and Canadian environmental standards, and they do so much for their employees that our the people who make our clothes have hard times uh, finding sewers because Canada Goose pays their sewers so well, you know. That is such a good story, and you know how they've turned it into. It's a premium product, but defensible. Yeah. Like there's a story. Like why? Sometimes you look at something in the store, and you're like, okay, this is overpriced, and you're like, is this like a thousand percent markup? Like what's happening here? Like how yeah. did it get to this? Versus what they've done, and I think as a consumer, whether you have it or don't have it, they did such a good job of getting it out there that you're already aware. They're like, mm. okay, well, it's expensive, but you're Here's instantly why. rationalizing it because of the why. Here's the quality, and it's made in Canada. And um, they've been around forever, and they just kind of really justified and, and legitimized that you know you can be an expensive product uh, as long as you show the value that, that, that you're providing. Uh, and then the third company that really always inspired us was, was Patagonia. You know, I wonder if you were going to, that was, that's yeah. who popped into my mind immediately when you yeah. were talking. <laughs> well, here's this company. I mean, if you, if you ever want to read a great book, read the, the book by the founder. It's called Let My People Go Surfing. It's like, it's now become our Bible on how to oh, run. Oh, that's awesome. It's, it's a great, great book on how to run a clothing company, but how to run a, a, a any sort of company in, a, in an ethical manner. And, and here's, here's a company that stands behind their, their quality products, right? Stand behind, stand behind their products. Their products were made, like all the people that work for them go out and use them. Mm-hmm. But well, it's a bit of a rebel story, the way like I've listened to it on uh, How I Built This yeah, on NPR. Yeah, 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 it's a yeah. great story. Yeah. And it was like literally disruptive, like kind of F the system. I need better gear. I'm going to do it my way. And I yeah. still want to go surfing six months of the year. <laughs> yeah. It's a good story. Like it's just very rebellious right off the bat. Yeah, but also also to show that they stand for something, you know, like they're, yes. they're big environmental uh, stewards, right? And you can be a for-profit company that you can make money, but still serve a purpose and still give back and still stand for something. You know well, some I mean? might argue that if you're a for-profit company, your power to influence actually is increased because you've got more disposable. You know, there's a model around yeah. the charity um, that I encountered years ago. But do we do we want our do we want our charities to be run by people that are getting poorly paid? Yeah, that are not getting compensated. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Are, um, Dan Pilato was his name and he put a really good, and I've talked to, and it's, you know, well, I'm going to go with this charity because their administration fees are so low. I'm like, well, yeah, but, but is your net impact actually lower because of that? And it's an interesting yeah. concept. 
Yeah, yeah, I, 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 hundred percent agree. I mean, I think charities should be run, and the people should be paid what what they would be paid in the in the private se- sector. If they With the goal private. ultimately of creating a bigger impact. Yeah, hundred percent. But it's interesting how it gets looked at or filtered. Anyways, let's not go down that rabbit hole. No, that's no, a, that's no. a deep it's, one. But I hear where you're coming. Yeah, I hear where you're coming it's from. It's good, and that's that's kind of why uh, you know Patagonia was such a big big one for us because we we always wanted to be a business, but we wanted to be a business that that built community, that gave back, that had a positive impact. Right. And we wanted to kind of be the thought leader that, you know, just because you're a small business or just because you're starting out, just because maybe you can't create a big impact. Maybe we, you know, you can't write million dollar checks. Right. Right. You, you can still have a, a positive impact. You know, a really good example of that is that last year we introduced um, uh, what was called the Giving Tuke. Right. There was um, a lot of shelters the last two years have been in dire need of, of tukes, right? We've had some brutal winters. We, I think right? we're living one right now for anyone who <laughs> happens to be in Calgary at the moment. Living through, and, and top five things that, that shelters need right now are tukes, uh, towels, underwear, mittens, and socks, right? And we kind of looked at that and said, you know, well, we don't make towels or underwear or socks or anything, but we do make tukes. So what if we could make a tuke that, you know, for everyone that we sold, we would give back to a local shelter? Yeah, and just about a month ago, we dropped off 575 toques to shelters in Calgary and Edmonton. And if you combine all the toques that we've donated since we started, we've donated over 1,200 toques to shelters in Calgary, Edmonton, Ottawa, Toronto, you know. Because um, you guys are right across Canada. From like, I went and kind of just scrolled through your stores today. You guys, your products are available on, from like literally coast to coast. Is that correct? Yeah, we're getting there. Yeah, we're in about nice. 20 stores across Canada. Nice. Um, but mostly with the focus here in Calgary. But Okay. Uh, and, yeah. for, and you said, t- I think 2015 is when you guys started? Yeah. Yeah. April 2015. Yeah. And when was the, was there a turning point? Was there a moment when you're like, okay, because there's getting started and then there's like, hey, you know, you know what? Like, don't look now, but I think this is actually working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there, there was a few points like that. You know, it was kind of, kind of just going, um, you know, we were selling a shirt a week here. I was still doing another job. There was a point where I was like, ah, maybe, maybe I'll give this up. I don't know. You know, it was, it was, this you went, was fun, you're, you're on the, you're in the entrepreneur roller coaster of like, <laughs> I love it and I'm killing it. Oh my God, what's wrong with me? What am I doing? Yeah. Well, you know, and it wasn't, it wasn't even like we were killing it. We were selling, you know, like I said, a shirt a week or a shirt a month. And it was like, oh, this is fun, but is it, is it going anywhere? You know, and then I started, I started to slowly see more and more people, you know, out and about with it. We would call it like seeing someone out in the wild, you know, yeah. just seeing a complete stranger. Do you remember the first moment you saw someone you didn't know wearing your gear on the street? Absolutely. It was in Inglewood. And I, I was this guy was walking across the street, and I just stopped. I was with I was with my wife, and I just stopped and stared at this this dude who was just cross street. The walking. specimen out in the wild in his yeah. natural habitat. And he probably thought I was the biggest creep ever because I just you know wide eyed and just like gawking at him from afar. And I was just it was it, it was it's such an indescribable feeling. That's awesome when, when you take something. Uh, and you take nothing actually, put it together with a little nothing else. Like this thing didn't exist before you kind of yeah. you know put it together. You know, you take nothing, a little bit of nothing else, slap some spit on it, throw it together, and all of a sudden people out there, strangers, who aren't your friends and family who want to support you because they feel bad for you, these are real people. <laughs> yes, the friend and family t-shirt purchase is different, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, my first two customers were my dad, and, uh, you know, my third customer was my one of my best friends, but then... That's you know, awesome. To see these people, they spend their hard-earned money, like they spend real money on this thing, and whether it's because they like the design or they like the color, or maybe it's because they actually believe what you believe you know, they believe in what you stand for. Shared values. Right. They, they, they share your values, something that, that you want to do something that's bigger than just yourself and actually stand for something. And maybe they, they, they believe in that as well, or they just like the design. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It, do, it doesn't matter, but they're out there. And I can't, I can't describe the, that feeling. There's it's, it's, it's like no other. Giving birth, I've heard it described in you know different things. That like it's like your child being like coming to, coming into the world. It is, yeah. <laughs> and and it, that's awesome. Yeah, and, and, and it, I'm and just it. picturing you on the street, wide eyed, staring as this guy walks yeah, by, wearing, still, wearing your gear. I still get it every every time. Or friends will text me like they'll be in Mexico or they'll be in New York. I'm like, I just saw a sweater. Or there was a sighting. There, there was, was a sighting. sighting. Yeah, and I just get so pumped. I just get so excited. And and like Dustin and I, you know, Dustin's my business partner, and we kind of say, you know, if this whole thing were to crash and burn tomorrow, and we go back to our regular 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 jobs uh doing whatever and we would still be ecstatic this was this has been the greatest experience of our life and we we wouldn't trade it in for the world and even if it were all just to stop tomorrow we would still be so grateful that's uh, i wish i wish more people could say that because you know life's too long and too short to not do something that you have that much passion about yeah so so how did you end so you grow up from a from a young boy wanting to be a a clothing designer (laughs) (laughs) so no that that was not the case no not (laughs) Not quite. Uh, you know, I, I have three sisters and, 
And uh, if if I'd have told my mom when I was a little kid that I wanted to be a fashion designer, you know, she probably would have slapped me upside the head. But uh, <laughs> I'd never, I I thought I was gonna be like every other little kid. I thought I was gonna be an NBA star, man. You know, fair enough. No one, no one told me that six foot three ginger kid, you know, would have a tough time. It's not gonna cut it. It's yeah, not gonna cut it's, it no not, it's not quite gonna cut it. But no, I, I you know, I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I was a kid. You know, other than of course uh, play basketball. But I, I grow, grown up here in Calgary, I just knew I wanted to be successful. I wanted to do something that I wanted to. I wanted to be successful, whatever it was. I didn't know what it was. Both my parents are entrepreneurs, very successful. And, you know, the, the, it was always kind of drilled into my head. You know, you go to university, go get good grades, go to university. Yeah, you know, follow the path. It's, follow the it's path out there. Do the right su- thing. Successful follow. Yeah. So I went to school out on the East Coast and and someone, uh, you know, graduate fourth year and everyone's asking, what are you going to do afterwards? Well, I, I had a business degree because, you know, business degrees equals success. So I was like... Absolutely sets you on the... Yeah, opens you it, gives you lots of options. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and everyone's like, what are you going to do next year? I said, well, I'm going back to Calgary. I said, well, what are you going to do? I said, well, what does everyone else do in Calgary that is successful, right? I'm going to work in oil and gas. Work <laughs> in oil and gas, right? Let I thought only way to success was... You know, let's uh, let's work on oil and gas, make lots of money, drive a nice car, buy a big house, get a beautiful wife, and boom, be happy, be successful. You know, check the boxes: two point five kids, picket fence, dog, yeah, golden yeah. retriever, the whole nine yards. Yeah. If people would ask me in university, like, uh, oh, oil and gas, that's cool. Like, so what do you want to do in oil and gas? I don't know. I want to do Bus- oil and gas stuff. <laughs> yeah, business stuff. Where, where's the stuff that makes all the money? And uh, <laughs> so I came back after university. Fandig my way into into uh, an oil and gas job. I was working at, at an engineering company, yeah. and it was it was awful. <laughs> I went every day <laughs> from like nine nine to five, and I was just so depressed. I was surrounding surrounded in a room with like other people that that were depressed. No that, one that shared happy. your lack of enthusiasm. Yeah, no situation. one wanted to be there. No one was excited uh, about the work. Sounds everyone, horrible. Yeah, and everyone everyone. And I would go home and I would be so frustrated and I'd tell my parents, like, I don't I don't think this is this is for it's not me. for me. It doesn't seem doesn't seem like a lot of fun. And you know, it's just like, well, that's 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 what life is, you know. Life is not the most fun and, and you know, sometimes you know, it's it's hard work and that kind of thing. And I was just like, you know what, I, I I don't know, man. You're not buying the story. You're not drinking the the adult Kool Aid at this no, point. <laughs> no, and everyone at work would be like, Connor, Connor, Connor. No, don't worry, don't worry. You, you did 20, 30 years. You could be like Bob over there. And I look over at Bob, and they're like, Bob's got a great life. Bob. Now he's got three weeks vacation every year. And I look over at Bob, and Bob is some middle aged, overweight, divorced guy. You know, smoking a pack of cigarettes, never sees his kids. Like, <laughs> you're painting a sad picture, Connor. You're painting a sad picture here. <laughs> it's like, I don't, I don't want to be like Bob, and I don't mean to, you know, poo-poo all over oil and gas. I'm sure there's lots of passionate people in oil and gas. It's, it's done wonders for. Oh, uh, there's our, a, hey, not for you and not for other. That's different, of course. That's, it that, wasn't for you, is what I'm hearing. You weren't, you weren't I, seeing fulfillment. Exactly, it wasn't for me. I didn't fit in with the mold. I'm sure there's a lot of people my age that went to oil and gas, found fulfilling jobs, yep. had a great time, and that's for them. But it just, it just wasn't for me. I needed something that was a little bit more passionate, you know, that I felt that... Um, how, how old were you at the time, just to kind of put context in for everybody? Uh, I think I was 22. Okay, so that point in life where you should know exactly who you, what you want to do for the, yeah, rest, for the next 30 yeah, years. Yeah. Well, I think that's what, that was the part that kind of terrified me the most, is like 22, and like I could see my life for the next 30, 40 years. I can see my future yeah. and I'm not, I'm not enthused. Yeah. And, um, that's a tough one. Cause we go through and you make choices and you, you know, you answer these big questions about what you want to do when you grow up, but you don't really have the information. It's an yeah. uninformed decision. Like yeah. let's be honest or, or loosely informed at best. Yeah. 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 And I think kinda, I, I need to take a step back. So, and I, and I think one of the biggest things for me, um, and, and kind of t- tell anyone if, if you're looking for a change and you're looking, you know, to, to remove yourself and kind of reevaluate things. I, I, I stopped drinking, right? Okay. I went to a party school. You know, I, I drank with the best of them. There wasn't a drink that I you, didn't you did. You are Irish. As yeah. your heritage. Like, there, Irish. Stereotypes that do exist for a reason. My parents own an Irish pub. You know, it's, 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 it's in my nature. And, and, you know, I hated this job so much that I made up for it. On fr- come Friday and Saturday night, I was making up for it. I was, I was doing seven days worth of, you know, living. Worth the fun. nights. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, and, so, so again, that, that takes its toll as well. That's not, that's not free. And you're like, that accumulates, you don't need to wait 30 years to find out the bad side effects of that. <laughs> yeah. So then, you know, I went off booze. I went off for, for Lent being a good Catholic boy to, to, to please my mom. She'd always ask to you know go off booze for, for Lent. And I was like, ah, I don't know. So I, I went off at 40 days. I was like, I can do 40 days. 
And when I and I highly recommend anyone who wants to start their own business or get anything, just cut out booze. I don't care if you're a heavy drinker, you drink once a week, you like glass of wine, and even just give it up in its entirety. It was the most single most life changing moment of my life. Really? Yeah. And again, I I wasn't an alcoholic. I don't. I I didn't have a problem. Yep. But I enjoyed you know going out with uh, going out with the lads and of course and, yeah, and having, having a good back time and, and having fun you know. But when you cut that out and all of a sudden you're stuck on a Friday night, you know, with a clear mind, it's eight p.m. and it's like, well, what do I do now? Or you wake up seven thirty on Saturday, you're not hungover, and you actually feel good, and you feel good, and it's like, well, now what do I do with my weekend? Where do I apply all this energy? Yeah, you know. And I was like, well, I got to go out and do something, and um, and so that's where the first the first kind of ideas, you know, was, was spark. Well, maybe there is something more. Maybe there's something I could do that you know I'm not getting fulfilled. I'm not happy with my work. Maybe there's something I could do outside of work that I could be all my own. That I could do that I would, that would make me happy. So I just started looking. Yep. Finding anything just, I could find. Just being open and being curious. So I did anything and everything. I, you know, like I told you before, like you did, I started a podcast. I thought that was great. I wrote a, uh, a, a guidebook on how to survive university. Uh, like every other idiot in, 2000, in the 2010s, I tried to uh, build an app. <laughs> Yep. You know, and I try, I did anything and everything, man. And, uh, you know, but you not, tried stuff. Tried like you stuff. got out there and you knocked over. You, you were willing to get things wrong. You're willing to hopefully get something right, but it didn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. I was just looking to do something. To, I just wanted something that I could grow, that I could create. Uh, and ultimately, I wanted something that I could build that would be a vehicle to connect with other people, that I could meet other people, that maybe together we could build something. Maybe we could have some sort of an impact. Maybe we could, you know, create a positive impact. Where do you think, and I'm curious, like that, 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 that drive or that, that value of impacting communities, did that come from family? Did that come from just, you know, the, the world we live in? Like, where did that come from? I think it's just the world we live in. I mean, I think it's, yeah, I think we just live in a world where, you know, you have to be doing something to, to give back something beyond yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's something very millennial, <laughs> you know? I, I didn't want to point out the obvious, but there is, a, we're, we're, we're going through a cycle where that is definitely more trending than it yeah. was 30 years ago when it was more, I don't want to say bad, but more of the me, myself and I mindset yeah. was a little bit more out there. My career, my path versus like, we're all stewards of this thing. Like, and we're all, we're all spending, we're all in the same room together, proverbially, metaphorically. Yeah. How do we make it better? Yeah. And, and it's, you know, I, I hate to use the word millennial and, and, but it is, it is kind of what was kind of driving me in. and for better or for worse. I mean, there's right. some, sometimes where we can go way, way the other side trying to do something just for the sake of doing good and it's it's not good at all. Um, <laughs> I feel that's another podcast, but... <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I just wanted... I wanted to do something and I was meeting... None of my friends were really into what I was doing. They were all part of the the old school lifestyle. They all had their jobs nine to five. They all wanted to go drinking. So um, you're kind of the odd man out. Like, I was the odd where's man Connor? Out. Like, what are you doing? And why aren't you... Like, why aren't yeah. you coming out with us? Well, you and, be, you're no fun. You used to be... You used, to, used be, to be fun. You used to be... Remember when you used to be fun? Remember when you used to be fun? And because I, for the longest time, I was still trying to go to the parties, still trying to hang with everyone, but I was not partying, you know, not drinking. Of course, it's, that was it, no fun. It's not the same. It's not the same. I was. We've the all tried to be the sober guy at the drunken party. Ugh. It's not no, the same. Man, no. I was, I was by the, ten o'clock at night, you're annoyed by your. You just want to get out of there. I just want to go to bed. You know, I was. Uh, I was the least fun guy you'll ever meet, <laughs> and I still am zero fun. Um, but so what? What I do? I just went. I found other people. I went online and I found people like I would just put stuff out on social or on Reddit and that kind of thing, and and I would just find other people that were. Um, doing cool stuff. And I would say, Hey, you want to, you're doing cool stuff. I'd like to do some cool stuff. Let's go for coffee. That kind of thing. That's awesome. So so trying new things, networking, putting yourself out there. Yeah. And at this point being, again, back to being a clothing designer was not the driver. We had not stumbled upon this. I was still, I was, and probably still am the least fashionable guy in the world. I can barely, I I couldn't go shopping without my sisters telling me what to, to buy. And, well, you and, said you're married, right? Yeah, now so I'm you've got somebody to give you the no go, no go. Yeah. So yeah. It's curious, based on what you do for a living. Yeah. What would you call? Would you call yourself a fashion designer now? No. Okay, no, I, no, no. I'm just playing with that term because yeah. I think every time I say it, you're, the reaction I get is like, no, 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 Tyler. Yeah. So I, what, what would you call? You, like, so how do you refer to yourself? We call myself the chief laundry folder. I'm more okay, a, nice. Cold, cold link folder, but no, I just think you know, I, what you want to call a community builder or a, a small business owner, right? You know, that's. Uh, I don't try and look at it, uh, you know, anytime any legal documents come around, I, I, I feel like an idiot saying that I'm a CEO, you know, because it's not, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just an idiot with a, with a clothing company that, uh, mm-hmm. is just trying to, is, is trying to build it and grow, you know? So uh, what I'm hearing certainly from the outside is the, it was, it's just a vehicle. It's just a vehicle. Yeah. It's a vehicle. Canadian made clothes is just a vehicle to meet other people, to, to, 
to represent where you come from, share stories, collaborate with others, and, and build community and do, and do positive things. Yeah, it's, awesome. it's just a vehicle. And you can do it as easily with water glasses or plants or music or podcasts. It doesn't matter. You know, it's, it's, you just have to find your vehicle, find your medium. And I think you can, you can build community in, 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 in your own unique way. So understand the toques and understand. So, okay, well, let's not get to, I'm gonna, I'm, I could easily get sidetracked here, but um, at this point, you're 22, you're, you're, yeah. you're sober, you're not yeah. a fun guy, you're not, yeah, you're not, yeah, you're, yeah, not, you're, not you're not party guy. Yeah. So but then the I, greatest thing happened. Okay. Oh, okay. The greatest The thing moment, the turning point. That ever happened to me. I got laid off. <laughs> right? I was already planning, like, so, sort of my exit. I was like, well, you know, obviously I want to do something else. I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. Let's start playing around. All of a sudden, I came in one day, and, uh, oh, my boss's boss is there. And I was like, oh, hey, you're never here. What are you doing here? He's like, yeah, can we, have, can we have a little meeting? I was like, sure. The boss boss wants to meet with me. Like, this is great. What's up? And I uh, was like, yeah, sorry, you guys. Gotta let you go, and I and it hit me like a ton of bricks, man. Because I was one of the first people that um, got laid off among my friend group. Okay, I remember it happened on Friday. Went out, uh, you know, Friday after work with all the guys, and I was like, "Guys, listen, like I got laid off," and they all just started laughing. They thought this was the funniest thing in the world. They're like, "You got laid off, you idiot! <laughs> what did How you did do? You get, what did yeah. you do? How do you even get laid off? Like, hey, Connor got fired, and I was like, "No, I got laid off. I didn't get fired." They're like, nah, you got I'm in fired. marketing. It's all about how you dress it up. Absolutely. I appreciate yeah. it. It's laid off. It's not fired. Let's get clear, guys. And it was crazy because we were one of our company is one of the first companies in Calgary to kind of do layoffs, right? And um and I had I had no idea this this was crazy. I had no idea how this this whole experience was so new to me, you know? And uh I was so embarrassed, right? I was like I was too well, proud to go on EI, you know. I was just I felt like, you know, I just felt awful. It's interesting though when you say like a job that you didn't love, yeah, something you weren't passionate about, but so much of our identity gets tied into that experience. Like I, it's it's a very real thing. I wanted to leave, but I wanted to leave on my terms. I'd like dreamed for like months going in and telling them like, yeah, hey, I quit, <laughs> and I like didn't even get to do that little spiel, you know. And uh, <laughs> acting out the scene from Fight Club in your mind where you yeah. get laid off, yeah. <laughs> you know, you have all these dreams, and it's like, yeah, this this job that I hated, and I never wanted to do, and I never wanted to be there, and now all of a sudden they, they don't they don't want me anymore, and it's just like, oh, you know, and and. I was okay because I was 22. I was still living at home. Yep. Right? My parents, no kids, no mortgage. You know, uh, I wasn't married at the time. But I looked at the guy to my left and, you know, he was 50. He had a wife to support. He had a kid who was, you know, had some medical yeah. issues. Just that that was new, much more real for him on some different levels. He was a new Canadian, just bought a new car. You know, um, his English wasn't the great and I was the greatest. I was like, that guy's, he's going to have a tough time getting a job. And I was like, not only is his life all drastically changed but his family's life is yeah the cascading changed. effect of how many people would be impacted and it was shocking and i was like you know what if i'm ever going to do this again i never want to um i never want to have someone else to have that much control over my life or my family's life i was like i want to i want to try and find do something something else so, we'll so literally the whole, best thing to ever happen yeah yeah i know i hear it that's so powerful i had it in the works that uh i'd always wanted an mba right Another path to the success. Yeah, an- another thing on the checklist. <laughs> another, no, absolutely. Thing on the checklist. Uh, didn't want to pay for it. Didn't want to write the GMAT. And I wanted to do it in a year. Right? So I wanted... You had a very specific <laughs> criteria. I appreciate that. <laughs> I knew that people didn't care about the actual MBA experience. They just cared about the three names, the three letters. Yep. I knew that going into an interview, they would just care. Oh, MBA, great. You know, and not ask any more questions. So I just wanted as fast and cheaply and for as most fun as I, as I could get. So I, being uh, an Irish citizen, my parents are from Ireland, so I have an Irish passport, which means I have a European passport. I found a university in Sweden that offered a one-year program that was free for EU citizens. Oh, nice. Yeah, and I oh, always, yeah. always wanted to live in Sweden. For some reason, I was always, I grew up being obsessed like with the idea of like, why is everyone so happy there? Uh, they're all like socialists, but yet they, their lives are perfect. They have everything. I was like, I got to go check this place. Tall, out. attractive. Like, why wouldn't I want to go there? Why, it's a great yeah, place. Yeah. So oh, that's interesting. I, so, I found yeah. a one-year MBA program. It was in like northern Sweden, not in Stockholm. It was in like in a small, small yep. town. Yeah. And I told my girlfriend, I was like, hey, got laid off, um, but I'm going to go do my MBA in Sweden. Do you want to come? She was like, yep. She'd never been to Europe or anything. Nice. And she agreed. How long you guys, how long you guys been together at the time? How much was that as a big... Uh... That was like we were together maybe like a year and a half. Okay, so that's pretty big at that time. In your yeah. early 20s. And it's like, want to come to Sweden? Why not? Yeah, well, because I was like, I'm going to Sweden. And if you want to come, great. But if you don't want to come, like, 
I don't really want to do the long. I'm still going to. And this is your now your wife. <laughs> She's not my wife. So that worked out. Okay, <laughs> nicely done. Nicely done. <laughs> it, 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 it was a big gamble on her part, but luckily it, it worked out. But we lived in this tiny house. This our whole house was made about the size of this room. You could turn off the kitchen sink from your bed. You know, um, nice. Okay, it was tiny. All IKEA furniture, and it, and it was great. And obviously, <laughs> doing my MBA program, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to take this year. I'm going to get my MBA, and I'm going to really focus on what it is that I want to do. What do I want to do with my life? You know, and I'm going to tailor this whole year and tailor my experience to to go out and find that and to to go out and seek that. You had a path. You had a deadline. You're in a new location. Yeah, it's there's so much powerful that whole kind of break state or that juxtaposition of kind of just ripping your life, like kind of almost throwing a grenade in your life, or yeah, and going to a new environment and just the the freedom that gives you to think of things differently. Yeah, and it was a blast, man. It was so much fun. Sounds awesome. Yeah, it was really great. And because like. Um, the MBA program, it, it was it was a fine program, but it, it was it was built for international students, so like yeah. English is a second language. So I automatically went from like being your average student to I was the smartest kid in the class because I was one of two English speakers there. Because everything was in your language, so you had an advantage. Language, yeah, and, and um, so I school was ridiculously easy. So I. Um, how was the networking? You must have met some really interesting people. Speaking of, like, because I know connecting is such a yeah. cornerstone for you. Oh, man. I, I met the coolest people in the world. Still friends to this day. Like, That's I have awesome. Germans coming to visit me in May that they're going to come stay at my house. I went to their wedding. You know, Germans, Lebanese, Saudi Arabians, Chinese, Dutch, Australians, you know, the Swedes. I have like, a couple of friends who have done international MBAs and the networking and the connections and the friendships that, like, oh. weddings all over the world. And wedding season can get rough when you've yeah. done an international MBA, but it, it sounds like, I kind of felt like that was something I missed out. Like it sounded awesome yeah. to do something like that. And it, and it was out. Of, it was at the time where I was like, like I said, living at home, no, uh, no mortgage, no kids. I, I wasn't paying. I wasn't going to rack up a ton of debt going yep. to get this thing. Yep. It, was, it was a year. What's a year? It's kind of kind of super. It's all upside. Like pretty, yeah. pretty low risk. I was like, why not? So so getting laid off was kind of the perfect timing. But while I was there, I was like, hey, you know what? Uh, my parents are entrepreneurs. They're successful entrepreneurs. They came to Calgary, uh, came to Canada with next to nothing, no education, and they built themselves a very successful life. And I really looked up to them. Hey, so and, so in your DNA a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And they're just extremely hard workers. And, and I was like, that's that's what I would like to do. So I was like, I want to own a business. I want to be a small business owner. So I was like, but I never want to, I never want to, you know, um, I want to start a business completely on my own. I don't want to have to ask mommy or daddy for a bunch of money or, you know, pitch them this great business idea and they would float my business. And I was like, I want to start a business like tomorrow. So what could I do to start a business? How about now? (laughs) Yeah. And I never thought I was smart enough to start my own business. I thought you had to be really smart or very clever. You okay. Know, to start your own business. I was like, I don't know about business permits. I don't know about taxes. I don't know about cash flow analysis. I, you know, uh, the list goes on. The list goes on and on. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I, I never, I never thought I was smart enough to start a business, but then I was like, you know, I'll and to be it. clear, this is just after finishing an MBA program. This is just, just, just okay. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, the thing I realized, I was like, I had an honors degree in business. I halfway through an MBA and they don't, none degrees don't teach you how to run businesses. Fair enough. Yeah. Business degrees don't teach you anything about business. They teach you how to be good employees. You know what I mean? I, yes, I do. That's yeah, again. That's another. That's another topic unto, unto yeah, itself. Unless, unless you want to go and do like an uh, an entrepreneurship degree, you know, you know, th- they're not going to teach you how to become a good business owner. So I, uh, I just never thought I was smart enough. But then, you know, I just had an idea. I, I saw clothing. I, I I was we were traveling all around. People asked, us, "Where are you from?" I'd say Calgary. Mm-hmm. I'd say Canada. They say that's great. I'd say, Where in Canada? I'd say Calgary. I said, never heard of it. So I wanted something that really represented Calgary and represented me as a Calgary and traveling around telling people about how great totally. Calgary is, right? So, you know, you do a quick Google search and the only thing that comes up is those silly iHeart Calgary shirts or Cartoon Moose and RCMP uniform that you yes. buy, you know, four for 20 bucks at the airport. I was like, this is... At the souvenir is. shop in Banff. Yeah. Beach, yeah, yeah. And I was like, this does not represent me. This does not represent, you know, I'd imagine other Calgarians traveling. And I was like, I'm no fashion designer, clearly, you know, I don't know. As you've mentioned, as we've established. (laughs) I don't know the first thing about, you know, e-commerce or how to run a business, but I know I could probably come up with something comparable or if not a tiny bit better better. than what's like a classic entrepreneur. You, you saw the need, you figured you could do it better and you you went out to fill the void. And at this time, you know, um, there was another big clothing company called East coast lifestyle. You know, they're, they're another clothing company that really, really inspired us to take the taken, um, you know, 
pride of, of community pride and really turn it into a brand you know mm-hmm. he made what Alex McLean has done with the East Coast Lifestyles really made people proud to be from the East Coast and I thought that was so cool and I wanted to see you know could people be proud to be from Calgary which I which I knew they would be because we're no one's from Calgary you know and it's it's all it's all our we're almost looking home. for that sense of connection because you, like you said so. like even you and I talked to her we're all from somewhere else or yeah. so ma- so many and which creates a unique vibe unto itself yeah yeah absolutely it's not not like anywhere else and so I just did what any idiot millennial does and I google searched how <laughs> to make a t-shirt company you know and, and then you downloaded a white paper and you got on someone's mailing list. But next thing you know, you started a t-shirt company. Yeah. Because that's how that goes. There was literally a 30-minute YouTube video, that step-by-step guide to how to start your own online t-shirt company. That's awesome. I was like, this is great. So we like we kind of like to say like any idiot can start a t-shirt company because we're living proof. Like, <laughs> we're the biggest idiots you'll ever meet. And if we can figure it out, like you can figure it out. It's not that hard. There's an inspiring message in there somewhere, but I'm going <laughs> to... But that's what I realized. I was like, you know what? This whole thing is going to cost me less than 50 bucks, which is like, you know, nice night So out. back to meeting your objective of self being self, self-financed. self 50 bucks. It's going to cost me a couple of hours, you know? Let's just, do it. Just time. Yeah, let's do it. What's what's the worst that can happen, you know? And I came into every sort of obstacle you can imagine. I get frustrated. I'd figure it out. I'd overcome it, you know? And all of a sudden, you know, within like 24, 48 hours... I had an online t-shirt company. I love it. Within 24 to 48 hours. <laughs> right? That's how easy it is. That's how that's how easy it is. So everyone always kind of talks to me like, I want to start my own business. What should I do? And the very first thing I tell them is just like, shut up and just go do it. Start. Just start. start. Get it out there. I'll tell you, I'll be the first one right now. My first website, garbage. Our first designs, useless. You know? <laughs> I'm no designer and I didn't want to do it for... I got a few quotes from a few friends and they were like, yeah, 200 bucks to design. And I was like, I, can't, I don't have that kind of money. I need to do it myself. I got to, I got to stick to my business plan of self-finance. Yeah. So I went back to the old Google machine and Google popped up a website called hipster logo generator. And I was like, perfect. This is great. I'll come up with some hipster looking logos. And I slapped those on some shirts and I put it out in social media. I was like, Hey everybody, look, I got some cool, you know, cool looking D's. And everyone's like, these are all just from hipster logo generator. Like, why would I pay anything for these? These are these are garbage. Okay, yeah. well, I see your point. I see your point. Let's try again. Fair, fair point. Internet, fair. <laughs> point. Uh, but I put myself out there, you know, and kind of got crashed. So, so you did lots of. We're gonna we're gonna put it in professional problems. You did some focus group testing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you put you, it you out tested there some project. You tested some. You did some proof of concepts. Got got some feedback, you know. But for every neg- for every five negative comments, there was one comment like. Yeah, I probably wouldn't buy the shirt, but it's a cool idea, you know. It's like and it's a ama- yeah. yeah. What was what is it? Is it old Mark Twain? Like I can get by. I can last. A, I can last two weeks on a good compliment. Like yeah. just one. That's all I need to keep me going. Yeah, and 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 kind of from there, I was like, oh, well, maybe there's just something. So I, I tweak this and I play around with that and I do this and this and this and all of a sudden, you know, someone buys a shirt, right? I remember the first customer I had. Like I said before, my first customer was uh, was was my dad. And the second one was my best friend because I got him to test some stuff out. And my third one was my best friend again because I think he just felt bad. So he actually wanted that's to fair, that's a, that's a, he's Yeah, he's checking the best friend box. Checking I appreciate the best that. Friend box. But that fourth person was a complete stranger. I didn't know who they were. I looked up their their name, their profile, you their went, You went full creep on them? <laughs> if, if I had been in Calgary at the time, I would have drove by their house just to make sure that I for sure did not know this person. <laughs> so totally legitimizing one step at a time. Yeah, and and, and and this is in 2015. Like when you say when I started the business, like that first website that was started the business for you. Yeah, yeah. That when when local owner was kind of born, and and it was still in Sweden. I was still studying full time. I was selling shirts. Oh, uh, you were still okay. You still hadn't been home at that point. No, You're still overseas. All oh, right, overseas. okay. I was selling okay. shirts from Sweden to Calgary, right? And keep in mind, I wanted no money. I didn't want to spend money, but I also didn't want any risk. Yeah, I didn't. I had a ton of friends that started clothing companies that. We're still sitting on 200 shirts in their mom's garage. They can't give away. So I want, I set it up and it's so easy now. You can set up where it's all just in time, all drop shipping. You don't buy a shirt until you sell a shirt. So I was selling shirts from Sweden to people in Calgary that were getting printed and made in LA. Right. And it was just like, ah, don't you love the global village that we live in? <laughs> it's crazy, man. Yeah. It was so much fun. And it, so many I things just, that are possible now because of the way technology is and the way the world works that 10 years ago, five years ago, it was, it was a stretch. Now it becomes like, oh yeah, of course you can do that. But it wasn't the, always the way. That's what I say. Like any idiot can start a business now because we have the technology and the resources available. You know, we were talking earlier, any pro, any problem you encounter, any problem, I don't care what it is. 
there's been a thousand people that have encountered it before. It's just it's, evolved, it's a Google search away. It's a Google search. It's YouTube, right? Well, and I, I think it's so powerful what you said about anybody, any idiot can start a, a t-shirt company. But again, in our, taking from my songbook a little bit in the world of branding, in the world of positioning, in the world of creating meaning, not every idiot can create meaning behind yeah. a brand. And yeah. that's an interesting, you know, listen to what, how you intro to the beginning. You didn't talk about your t-shirts. You didn't talk about your sweatshirts. You talked about why you did it. Yeah. And I think that's the interesting part where like, I'm going to, I'm going to push the idiot joke. I get, I get the, I love it. But at the end of the day, the meaning and the reason you created behind it, that's what separates the, I have a t-shirt company and I have something with meaning. Yeah. It's, it's any idiot can start one, but the problem, the hard part's not starting. Starting is actually the easiest part of it. The hard part is surviving and thriving and growing it. Because when any when any idiot can start a teacher company, every idiot does. does. <laughs> and the market is so saturated. I feel you've worked on these lines a little. I don't feel this the first time. You, you speak with confidence around this one. Yeah, and no, it's, it's interesting to stand out. And yeah, no, the, the amount of thought you put out. How do you, stand, how do you so stand out? There's everyone's got... Uh, and for anyone that wants to start a teacher company, please don't use the name uh, apparel. Because I, we started that. We used to be local laundry apparel. Our Facebook still is local laundry apparel. But everyone, apparel was just the cool word to, to start back, back then. W- words go through trends. Absolutely. Yeah. That word was trending. And now everyone is apparel this and apparel that. And now I just see apparel. And it's like, oh, this is this is just a little rinky-dink company. Like, please, if you want to start a clothing company, go out and do it. Just do not call it apparel. Because everyone and their dog who started a t-shirt company is called something, something apparel. To make a sound, <laughs> yes, absolutely. I think every industry has kind of its trends it goes through where that that's the popular word, and it's usually to try to make you look bigger than you are. Yeah, yeah, but um, but yeah, it's 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 not that you just go out and and slowly but surely, you know, we would we one person would buy something one month, and then the next month two people would buy something, and it just kind of snowballed and snowballed, and so came back to Calgary in June 2015. Still had to get another uh, job. I'm a quote unquote real job, real job. You know, that wasn't getting, I wasn't paying the bills on two selling two t-shirts a month and, uh, got another lean. It's a lean living. (laughs) Yeah. But you know what? At this point, um, what had started out as like 40 days of not drinking had turned into like a couple of years of not drinking. Right. Oh, interesting. So that kind of, that, that stuck. You did make the comment. You're still not fun. I, so I mean by that still haven't gone back or. Yeah. But now. Will will you have a beer? Will you take a beer from time to time? No, No, zero. I I used to like maybe about two years ago, but, uh, I haven't had a beer in about a year, year and a half now. Interesting. Um, yeah, just because what I would do is, so I would go, go work nine to five, but you come home and that's the only time you have to work on your business. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, your Friday nights, Saturday mornings, Sunday mornings. You got you can build 3 4 extra work days in the week if 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 you're not drinking. I mean, you still got to you got to sleep, you got to take care of your health and you got to spend time with family. You know, I I But other than that, <laughs> other than that, those three things, everything else has to go. And I mean, if you want to be successful and really get a business off the ground, everything else has to go. You know? How much time do you put into the business a week? Do you ever just for track it for fun or just got it for, any, for the for people listening out there? Is this is this a sixty hour week? Is it an eighty hour week? I don't week? even track it because yeah, it, fair it, enough. It, you know why I don't track it? Because it's 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 become my life. I'm absolutely one hundred percent obsessed with it. It's all I think about. It's the first thing I think about in the morning. Last thing I think about uh, before going to bed. Yep. I'll message my business partner at like you know three a.m. I wake up. Or, Got an idea. You know, I figured out how to solve this because your brain's always working on it. it. So I, it's it's just my life. I don't there's. You know, even when I'm watching TV, I'm thinking about it. You know, I I I love my my favorite time just like focus and concentrate is uh, is in the shower. I have I'm, I'm obsessed with like I love shower. Shower is my favorite time because I just zone out and I go into this like this this like wide eyed mode where and I just have these crazy you know Reddit calls them shower thoughts and and I'll just like <laughs> like I I want to build like a whiteboard in my in my shower and I can just oh, like <laughs> all right I hear another another idea maybe yeah. a whiteboard whiteboard friendly but it's uh, just it's, it's it's just it's my life you know and, yeah. and I wouldn't have it any other way it's just so much fun you know that's ugh. so then I came back it's so refreshing to hear someone with so much passion about what they do and just uh, to, like you light up when you talk about it it's it's awesome well this is why I love doing these podcasts because I get to talk about it all day I'm going to do is just keep asking you about questions about the thing that you love the most yeah my wife is so sick about hearing it. I'm not <laughs> allowed like, to talk oh, thank god go talk to somebody else about this thing but the beauty thing was when I came back um, I met Dustin and Dustin is my business partner he okay. was a complete stranger did not know him right and this was kind of a blessing in disguise because I'd done a few projects with a few friends and we'd always clash. We were best friends, yeah. but I want to do something. They want to do something else. And it just never worked. And it really, really tore our friendship apart. But here comes this Dustin guy. No idea who he is. He's the same age as me from different circle of friends. And he kind of sees the same thing that I see with local laundry. And he's like, 
I don't know what this is, but I see something and I'd love to be a part. So I gave him a three month trial period. I like to say we dated before we got married. It's always, so I use the dating analogy all the time in business. Absolutely. And I came, my role in oil and gas was contract. So I drew up a contract, three month trial period. This is what you're in charge of. This is what I'm in charge of. This is what you were putting in. 50 50, you know, uh, you know, we tried to try this out and then um, it was, it was incredible. Here was this guy, very different personality, very different background. You know, he's like one of the top-ranked squash players in Alberta. Like, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. Like, okay. What a what a nerd, you know. But uh, but <laughs> squash is not as cool as it once was. <laughs> no, no. But uh, but here's this guy, and he loves this thing that I love just as much as I do, and he's willing to work hard as hard as I'm on this thing. That's right. A solid, and I have a business partner in my current business, and we're very different, but yet, so I'm, and we were never like drinking buddies. We were yeah. always work. Like, it's like having a brother. Yeah. Where some days you love him, some days you don't, but at the end of the day, you're still brothers and you're going to freaking, you're going to, you're going to work it out and you have a shared set of values. That's so powerful. Yeah. Well, the thing that I, that that's I awesome. Kinda, I kind of learned is, is that we're very different, but we have the exact same vision. We just want to be your own bosses. We want something that can grow, something that can have a positive impact, use it as a vehicle, connect to the people. We just, we just both want this and we have the exact same vision for this thing. And because we have the same vision, we've never once, never once gotten into an argument. It's not about, Hey, I have this idea. It's 10 times better than your idea. We're going, yeah, with my yeah, idea, yeah. you know, or he'll, he'll never come to me and say, Connor, your idea sucks. We're going with my idea. It's like all egos get removed. It's about what's better for the business. What's going to get us to that vision? Common goal. I don't care if it's your idea. I don't care if it's my idea. I don't care if it's an idea we find from someone off the street, like what's going to get us there? You know, I'm not in this to talk about like, look how great I am. I'm in this to like, to achieve that vision. No, the ego leader usually becomes the lonely leader. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's why I always like to say, just like, you know, like any idiot can start a t-shirt company. And I'm, I am the world's biggest idiot. I'm not, I'm not going to try and convince you I'm the smartest guy in the room. We will have meetings with, you know, very big potential meetings and people use terminology and, you know, I'll, I'll be the first one to put up my hand and be like, what does that mean? I don't know what that means. Could you, hang on, hang on. Can you explain this to me as if you would explain to a five-year-old? Because I'm not getting it. You know, I'm not afraid to put up my hand and look like the dumb, the biggest dumb-dumb in the room. Because nine times out of ten, I am the biggest dumb-dumb in the room. You know, but well, as soon as you put that ego aside and know that you don't know everything, it's, yeah, you know, it's huge. It'll, it'll allow you to, to, to learn something, right? And the thing about Dustin is, is he, you know, he's got a, 16 month year old baby he's got a mortgage he's got a wife you know uh, and he still works he's got a full-time job he goes works nine to five comes home spends time with his family and works his butt off for local laundry dustin's never taken a penny out of the company you know he's never never paid himself we, we've been pay, trying to pay him in sweaters you know that kind of thing and we still don't <laughs> so, even do that so very he, well. he's he's warm and he's warm, he's always cozy he's toasty but this guy he's been working for the past well since 2015 He's working his butt off and he's, you know, never really seen a penny from it, which, which is incredible. So like I, he's, he, he is my business soulmate, you know, and I that's think all, it's, that's, I think it's, that's, so, it's so powerful. And the amplification factor of having the, knowing someone that cares about it as much as you or, or yeah. more and different, like it's huge. Yeah. And, and yeah, we've just been kind of going at it ever since. And, you know, July, 2017, the business finally grew to a point where it just made sense for one of us to go full time. And, um, you know, I, Dustin and I talked, we met with a financial advisor. And okay, so said, July 2017, so two years this summer. Okay, Two years, on. yeah. Yeah, and it was kind of like, hey, this is the point. We go full-time, let's, let's do this. And so we started four years ago. I've been going full-time with it now. We have two part-time team members, you know. And nice. A whole plethora of contractors, like, yep. you know, accountants yeah, br- and graphic designers. Bringing in people as you need them. And, yeah. How and, many, how many, you said you're in 20 stores across, uh, across, across Canada? Yeah. Where, yeah. where, where would I where would I see it in Calgary? Like where would I go to grab Calgary? It? You know, one of our biggest uh, partners here is Below the Belt. Okay, uh, so in most of the malls, South Center, Sh- uh, Chinook, Cross Iron, any Below the Belt stores, uh, we have a lot of great independent bo- boutique retailers as well, like Meraki Supply Co. in Kensington, Stealing Home on Seventeenth, stuff for him just up the road here on Eleventh Ave, okay. Luke's Drug Mart. Uh, Liz and Lottie in East Village also just up the road here. You know, a lot of lot of really great partners and and. One of the greatest things is, is these people, they, they all become, you know, vested partners with us as well. You know, they share in the vision. They share in the vision. They get what we're trying to do. Like most of these store business owners are, are some of my closest friends. 
you know, I, I really, they have their own vision that they're trying to build. We're a part of theirs. They're part of ours. They want us to succeed just as bad as we want them to succeed. You know, it's, it was tough when we were working with some other, you know, large retailers, we were working with buyers and that kind of thing. Yeah. You're not going to get that same sense of community that, <laughs> that I know is like, obviously what you're after. Yeah. They would, you know, call you up and say, I need this, 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 <clears throat> and we need to buy that. I'm like, okay. What what'd you get up to on the weekend? <laughs> you know? Trying to bring in the social side of things. Yeah, like tell me anything about yourself. You want to go grab coffee? You want to go grab lunch? You want to be my friend? No, I just need t-shirts. So I don't know. I'm a buyer for sure. Yeah, yeah. Ah, so. That's so interesting. So do you find that, have you steered away from some of those bigger retailers because of that, that you that it doesn't kind of meet your objectives as a brand? Yeah, yeah. There's some some retailers where it just it's just not a good fit. They're not. They, they want us because maybe we're on trend right now or somewhat fashionable or they like our designs, but they're, they're not buying into the bigger picture, <coughs> the community building aspect, the made in Canada aspect. You know, we only made the decision last April to make the switch to Canadian manufacturing. That was a big decision for us. And there were some retailers that just didn't see it and they didn't, they didn't come over with us. Okay. But those retailers that Obviously because that was an impact on cost and it, it changed the whole dynamic. Yeah, our prices went up by 25%. You know, is that, I was curious. I was going to ask very pointedly what the impact was. Twenty five percent difference from being made in Canada. Absolutely. I mean, you make a t shirt here, you make a t shirt in, in wherever. It's the, the, the materials is is almost the same. Materials are cheap. The expensive part of making anything in any country is is going to be the labor cost, right? When you're paying someone a livable wage here, you know that adheres mm-hmm. to environment Canadian Canadian labor laws, Canadian environmental standards. It's just going to cost more compared to overseas where. You know, a, a, an it's, hour it's a whole it's a whole different ecosystem. Pennies, yeah, yeah. pennies. You know, um, but there was like some of these big retailers, like Blow the Belt, has been a fantastic partner. They got it. They were they were nervous as as we were about the the price increase and going made in Canada, and they weren't sure if people were going to see it. But you know, credit to our community and to the people who are actually buying our stuff. They saw it right away. They get it. They got it. You know, they understood the increase in quality. Our quality of our sweaters and garments went through the roof. So substantial. It wasn't oh. just the Made in Canada story. Overall, the product is better. Ten times. I'm embarrassed by our old stuff. You know, that's powerful. Yeah, that's a good. There's there's a, there are some good lessons buried in there as well. And we still get emails like, "Hey, my sweater fell apart," and you know, I was like, "Oh, when did you buy it?" And they like send me a picture. And they send me a picture like, "Yeah, that's our old sweater." I'm really sorry. That was not a great sweater. We've now like upped our game. Upped our quality. It's all made in Canada. It's all ethically sourced. Like you'll be much happier. Here's check this sweater out. Um, and but like partners like Below the Belt, like they came. You know, they're they're a large retailer, mm-hmm. but they share their vision. They're excuse me. They're a second generation family owned business, Albertan business. I didn't know that. Not no, many people. No, do. I was like, I didn't know that at all. Not many people do. Uh. You know, so they they not only they are an Albertan business, second generation, family owned, but they care about supporting local. They care about supporting local businesses. They have a ton of great uh, local businesses and partners, but they care about you know Canadian made and Canadian manufacturing, supporting a diverse Canadian economy. You know, so we want to work with people like that. You know, if if someone comes to us and you know they want a thousand T-shirts, but they want it at this price, we kind of have to explain to them like. You know, we can't give you this gear at a discount because the discount, this gear would be to discount, you know, Canadian manufacturing as a whole. Which we're not prepared to do. Which we can't do. Well, and there's so much in business and in life, you're defined by what you say no to. Yeah. Versus what you say yes to. And it's clear to have those boundaries and to have kind of that, that you know, that, that line in the sand, that staff that says, no, this is what we, what we stand for. And I think more than ever with the transparency in our world, whether it's social media or just maybe our, our sense of wanting to have more community, yeah. we're looking for shared values yeah. and not just from each other and our friendships, but from businesses. It's a yeah. requirement now. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, what people, what I think people, and maybe this is tangential, but, and this is, that's okay. I'm willing to risk it. This I'm willing is, to risk it. <laughs> this is theories of a madman, but, but what people <laughs> crave and what people want now more than ever is a sense of community, a sense of belonging. Absolutely. You know, in our grandparents' age, it was religion, right? The, you know, say what you want about any kind of organized religion. The one thing that it did really well was create a sense of community. And there's a lot of bad, good and bad things. Yes. That, that, that's the tangent. We won't go down, but it's the ability to unite around a shared story and religion created a shared story at that time. Well, it created a shared community, you know, and nowadays, you know, most, not, most people aren't religious, mm-hmm. so they don't have that community. So they're looking, they're seeking to find that community. And we're so buried in our own phones that we, we don't have a, a real connection with like people don't just meet strangers like we did today and just have a chat and, and have a chat without, you know, some sort of hidden agenda or, or, you know, being locked in. People are on social media. We're engaged and, and, and involved in, 
each other's lives so much, but completely in a digital way. And, and, and sometimes superficially. Very superficially. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, maybe not sometimes, but yeah, absolutely. Very superficially. Very cosmetically, very kind of curated like, to portray a certain world. That's, that's, that's not, not necessarily fundamentally who that person might be. No. And so people, I, I think that people, they, they want that connection. They want that community. They want to feel belong. They want that, 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 that real thing. Well, and you're seeing it out there. You know, you're yeah. doing it on a small on a small scale that that it clearly is growing. But there's a lot of people use Patagonia as an example. Like that's a community. It's not just a clothing brand. And that's been around for when did they get their start? How long have they been around? Oh, they've been around since like the. 60s yeah like yeah. those kind of 60s counterculture climbers yeah, like yeah hippies. yeah totally yeah yeah they're like we're not gonna oh this is the way we're supposed to do it we're gonna do it another way but like the coolest stories that we hear is like people traveling they're halfway around the world um like one story is uh, you know dustin's brother was at the base camp of mount everest and he had one of our shirts on and someone was like hey i know that shirt you from calgary they're that's like, yeah, awesome calgary and like oh and they got chatting and connected yep. all because this guy was wearing a silly shirt you know and uh like that's that's what I think is so cool. That's why clothing can be a vehicle to bring people together. You know, they're halfway around the world on the base of the, some mountain, and you, you spark a connection, right? Well, and with it on your shirt, you're putting it out there. You're putting so your little kind there. of walking billboard about this is important to me, where I'm from, it means something. Yeah. And so, how does it? How do they play in the rest of Canada? <clears throat> like, because I know you've got you're on you're in Toronto. Mm. Clearly, if I'm here, I can relate to it. It's very relatable. I get it. Do, do you know? Do people in Calgary even know what a YYC is? <laughs> yeah, yeah, what a YYC is. That's funny. Yeah. Um, it. So we we learned and we made a few mistakes. You know, growing the business, we thought we would just let's get as big as we can, as fast as we can. Let's go all over Canada. We want a shirt in every single city with every different airport code. And we're like, yeah, let's do it. But then it's just like, you know. It's only me full time, right? It's only Dustin, you know. And there's the risk that it might lose some of its meaning, or some of it. There's the, the risk yeah. of like, you know, as a small business, everything can kill you. Growth can kill you. Yeah, like attrition can kill you. Like all things are risky in, in business. And we had all these all these different products that we could only sell in a very niche market, and it just it just you know it, it just didn't make sense. So people in Y in Toronto, like YYZ, is kind of cool but it does not as big of an impact yep. here as, as as yyc is right and yyc like we kind of reverse engineer it i think a, a big part of it came after the 2013 floods you know yyc was the first thing that really came on social media and uh, you know to describe calgary in 2013 during the floods our city really came together and it did it, it uh, did both offline but on online as well and and that's kind of... It's funny. I was traveling in 2013. I left Calgary on the Thursday night before the flood happened. And I went to... I was in Paris. And we were out and about. And like literally, I walked by a TV somewhere. And I'm like... I, it didn't connect to me that I was seeing Calgary on a TV and a window in, in Paris. And it was amazing the amount of people we met like from Calgary. And they're like, oh, the floods. It was hilarious how like for the first time traveling abroad, my wife and I travel a lot, that there was some connection through that. It's just funny that you referenced it. Because yeah. it's probably the most times I ran into people that actually knew what a Calgary was, in quotes, because of the floods. Because it got kind of global exposure. It's funny yeah. just related to that. Because it was a funny experience of me just being in, checking into the Airbnb and the guy turns the TV on and I'm like, that looks like Calgary, but my brain couldn't compute compute what I was actually seeing. That's funny. It's just it's just funny. Randomly, you brought up you brought up the floods, and but it's, yeah. it's it's true, and that's when really Calgary really came together. So like, why does it mean so much more to people here? And maybe it is because like we had talked about, no one's from here. Everyone's from somewhere else. Everyone chose to come here. Everyone chose to make Calgary their homes. So they're that much prouder to be from here and make them your and make this your community yeah you know and toronto has you know we the north like there's different like different there's, communities have it and you know quebec has their own thing we talked about earlier um but, but that, yeah i'm just curious how that how that resonates so, in different parts so of Canada. now we're just like you know uh we have our can gear we're coming out with in the spring with some really other like local laundry branded you know proudly made in canada stuff but you know okay nice yeah so but we're not trying to take over every airport code because no one wants to buy a yeg sweater from you know and i'm an Edmonton design from two Calgary idiots, right? Yeah, if, <laughs> fair enough. What do two Calgary idiots know about what it means to be Edmontonian? But, you know, we know what it means to be Calgary and we know what it means to be Canadian. So we really want to grow the brand on, you know, we want to get back to the idea of, you know, instead of trying to sell two extra sweaters in Toronto, let's try and focus on 20 extra you know, sweaters here in Calgary. Let's focus and re-engage with the people that it's kind of dub- that doubling us. down on, 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 on what it was built on. Yeah. And you know what? Let's expand it. We know that, you know, maybe... We're, our biggest fear is that this YYC design is going to not be cool by tomorrow. So like our biggest thing is uh, let's, let's grow the brand. Let's expand. Like what else does it mean? You know, what else, what else? Keep pe- peeling back the layers. Keep digging yeah, into it. No, you know, that, that's, so we're coming out with more Canada designs, more, you know, local laundry brown, 
branded, probably made in Canada stuff, but we're not trying to, to get into every store in Vancouver and Toronto and Montreal. Like, let's really focus on the Calgary markets and the surrounding Calgary markets. And, you know, let's, let's, we, Dustin and I, we really want to grow this thing long and slow. Yep. We don't want to take any outside investment. You know, we don't want to take on huge amounts of debt. You know, we want so you're staying really true to it because, again, you don't want to lose control. You don't want to have – you want to maintain – I caught that like through the whole theme. This is the way we want to do it. Yeah, yeah. Good for you guys. That's and powerful. That's when I – we haven't really put that much money. Like we only put like a couple thousand bucks each into this business to kind of get the first orders going. But ever since then, it's been – Self, self-financing. Yeah, which is great. Which is such a good, kudos to you guys for doing it and going in with that mindset of like, let's test it, let's see if it works. And the worst thing that's happened is it didn't work and you pivoted and you learned and you tried something new. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and like I said, we're, we're by no means fashionistas, we're not models. You know, we don't, we don't know what's, you know, trending and that kind of thing. We just, we just know what we know and we're just trying to do something. We're trying to bring people together through, through, through clothing, you know, and, and we have a goal that we want to be able to raise $1 million for local charities across Canada. Excellent. And I was going to ask, I figured there was a big kind of big, big hag kind of said big hairy yeah. goal sitting out there. Yeah. $1 million for charities. Yeah. And, and by when we don't have a, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I went right to smart goals. Yeah. Specific measurable. Okay. Yeah. No, how, how do, how do people support that just by buying the clothes? Yeah. September. So um, anytime someone buys something online, there's a little text form fill box saying, you know, what, uh, what local charity would you like to nominate to us to, to donate? And we look, do at you have a list on there or do they just put on whatever's important put on to them? Whatever, whatever's important to them. We, for a long time, we just kind of struggled that, um, you know, we got, we got to hitch our, our business, our company to a cause. Okay. You know, 10 tree, the little plant, Yep. One shirt. Yep. The ten trees for every shirt. We need a cause. You know, Peace Collective in Toronto, they feed one child for everything that we're like, what is our cause? Trees? Is it kids? Is it cancer? Is it we're like, you know what? Our our cause is just whatever's gonna have a local impact on a charity. Whatever's impactful means a lot to you, does is not gonna be impactful be the same charity for me. So we just wanna spread as much love as we can to as many different charities as we can. You know, we do that through a variety of ways. We have we have our gar- our giving garments. You know that like the Tugs. Yeah. Um, last year we threw this, we did a small business towel drive. We were able to raise you know two thousand towels to stuff all the shelters. You know, we we donate to um, various charities across the city and, and checks and that kind of thing. Silent auction items to smaller charities. And that. so, if someone's doing a silent auction, you would encourage them to just reach, go on your website, reach out to you directly. Yeah, yeah, we. You would not believe the amount of silent auction item requests I, we get. We get almost every day someone is reaching out to us with with a silent auction item request, and it's great. We can't give. I, I understand you can't. Be, you can't. You can't be everywhere all the time. But we give it to as many as we can. You know, as as many as we can, because because it is great. Because people are doing these these fantastic things. They're giving back. They're building community. We really, really, really want to support that. And we and that's why a big part of what we do is, is sharing stories, right? Because, you know, we, local honor is about really about sharing stories from the community. There's so many people out there doing just doing such cool things in the community, whether artists, nonprofits, other businesses, or regular just regular Joe blows. You know, there's so many people out there. And we really want to share the story of what they're doing. You know. Um, because building communities, you can build it in so many different ways. There's so many different avenues you can go down. There's so many different things you can do. And just by having that intention to make a positive impact on your community, however you make do the it. Wor- leave it better than you found it. Exactly. <laughs> and we really want to support them. We share stories of people doing that all the time. And that's, that's how we kind of, instead of most clothing companies, they use real proper models on their social media and that kind of thing. We use regular people and we use them we use our social media as a platform to tell their story. Look at these great things these people are doing. Elevating the people around you is never a bad strategy. And I think you're right. There's these big initiatives and these big overall things that happen. But it's those little things that happen every day. And that's what impacts the world that we live in. That's what makes it. That's what makes Calgary the friendly. Talk to people. Someone will help you out. You're, you know, I grew up in Montreal. You stand in eleva- an elevator with a stranger. They don't say hi. You come here, they do. Like those little things kind of set you up for the next level, which is helping people. Yeah. And I think it's really, I think it's great that you guys are doing it that way and making it a cornerstone of your brand. Because the more you elevate those people and the more you get a little bit of praise for those things, guess what? You do more of them. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So we that, that's just our goal. We want to see how big can we get this, how big of an impact. And we also, like I said, we want to be a thought leader. You don't have to be a big business. You don't have to wait until you get big to start doing good. To have impact. You can start a t-shirt company. You can start a business, any kind of business tomorrow, $25, $50, you know, 24 hours later, and start creating an impact from day one. I think that should be the focus. How can you create impact as big or as small 
as it is. You don't based have, on what's important to you. Yeah, you don't have to be a big business to to have big impact. That's that's well. I want to leave on that note because I think that's that's inspiring for anybody out there who wants to, uh, who's sitting there wondering what to do next. Do yeah. something. Do anything. Do uh, everything. That's such that. That's just such shut a, up and do it. <laughs> shut up. Shut up and do it. Stop so, um, it. can people can I can I buy off your website or do I have to go to one of your retail partners? Either or. Locallaundry.ca. You can uh, buy it right from there or on, on there. You'll find a, a list of all our stores that that, that sell us. Um, and you can find us at www.locallaundry.ca or Instagram at Local Laundry, Twitter at Local Laundry. Excellent. I encourage everybody to go check it out. You're getting, you got a, you got a stylish. I'm going to go jump on there after, after today. I'm feeling inspired. Good. Thanks so much for taking your time. It was great to hear your story. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having us, Tyler.